What is up, everyone? Welcome to L2R2 PlayStation Podcast. My name is Fonzie. I'm joined by my co-host, Callum Monroe from Across the Pond. Callum, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Um, as you just mentioned, with the weather a minute ago, it is really, really cold. So if you hear me like shivering at all, it will just be me trying to warm myself up. <laughs> yep, same here. It's uh, Callum, we got the old man talk out of the way with traffic yeah. and weather. We can go on for yes. days about it, but we, we did, can talk yeah. about taxes and whatever else bugs you but um, um yeah. how you been there's a uh, past uh, couple weeks here yeah i've been good yeah i've been uh, i got i mean it's going to sound very off topic but i got myself a xbox series s so uh, i've been acclimatizing to that mostly um and i've been watching some tv as well actually i've been watching uh i just started uh, mythic quest uh today um and watched through sort of most of the first series um which uh was really really good um, but yeah, so just been been quite uh, yeah. I've been playing some games, watching some TV. It's been quite nice actually. So those are a couple of things I want to jump on, and I've had this feeling in the back of my mind too. Like as I'm getting ready to record with you, all I've been playing has been Xbox. So I want to talk yeah. to you about your experience with the <laughs> Series X. But Mythic Quest, um, I've seen that show, and it's about game dev. Now that <laughs> you're kind of in that world, how do you feel about that show? Is it you know do they replicate stuff? Is it more of just like a wacky direction? What do you think? Um, yeah, I think it's probably like the same way the office is to somebody who works in, you know, printing yeah. or whatever it is. Um, it's definitely, you know, uh, very, it's a lot more like silly and, uh, you know, it's, it's very funny. So it's, there's obviously a lot of differences, but I think they, they like focus on a lot of tropes and stereotypes and things, but they do it really well. And I mean, there's, there's obviously been some research you can definitely tell with how it is, but um yeah i really really like it it's, it's really fun. i mean i love always sunny so i love like rob McElhenney and and those yeah. guys and everything um like i loved uh i think it's episode five the like standalone episode which i which i think was written by rob McElhenney's sister um mm. and it's like completely different to the rest of the series and you know just on these like self-contained characters unless they do come back later and i don't know um but I, I thought it was just so good. Like it was like I was watching something completely different and it was like really like emotional and, and like really well written. And, you know, it was funny, but that wasn't that like the the aim, like all the other episodes were. And I thought that was a really cool thing just to have in like the middle of a series, just a completely unrelated episode that like tells like a its own sort of story. I thought that was really cool as well. Um, but yeah, I've been really enjoying that. Um, so yeah, I'll hopefully be able to watch a few more tonight. Yeah, I've been super interested in that. I think it's on Apple TV. Yeah. Um, and I need to just get that in. And there's there's a couple of shows on there that are locked that I need to watch. But uh, I always like the idea of him tackling that world because with Always Sunny, the humor is very like dark, but they still wrap it up in a funny way. And I've yeah. always loved that about that show. But I wonder if they can... <clears throat> Man, I took my tea. Didn't work. That's cool. <laughs> but I uh, still have a crappy throat. But... I wonder with their brand of comedy, can they tackle stuff in the game dev world that is like um, hard to talk about or like, you know, still topical and these issues that we talk about like crunch or other, you know, sensitive things. Like if they can still be serious and like put their spin on it, I feel like they have a cool voice that they could add to that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I, I definitely feel that from the show. I think um, that's probably the the most accurate part is the the way it kind of has its has its own tropes to show you what you know the current tropes are in in the industry and the industry itself's very 
you know it's not in the best place in terms of maybe like maybe like the culture of some studios and just the general industry and um so i think yeah it has a very good platform to to sort of do some commentary on and normally it's nice to not have to worry about a show being like centered on its commentary but i think after seeing always sunny you know that they're just so clever with the way they like integrate real life sort of things with like the nonsense that you know the kind of storylines that they have um so yeah i think in this particular case it'll be really interesting to see how they do tackle it and but so far i think they've done a really good job and yeah i've been you know really really uh yeah enjoying it that's cool that's good to hear yeah i gotta watch that show um about the series x let's jump to that you got one they're they're the hardest ones to get i have the series s got a couple months ago no i got i got a series s so it might have been me uh, uh, speaking weird. but um yeah i got i got a series s yeah because same reason that you just can't get the series x is it's right. all um and they're so cheap they i'm pretty sure i'm sure they weren't th- as cheap as they are now like if they gone through a price drop or something so no, they started at that price point okay cool yeah it's i mean i i when was it i ordered so i watched the xbox uh what was it 20th anniversary thing which by the way was horrendous um, <laughs> and but the reason i got it was because i saw max Payne 3 uh and a couple of other games talked about and i just straight away assumed they were on game pass uh and i was like oh. right i'm getting one for a while uh that's like push pushed it over so uh I'll, I'll grab one so i ordered one and then soon realized that that's not at all what it meant but uh, you know, still Game Pass on the console is great, and you know, like like I said to you before, I've, I've been playing that most of the time just because there's so much to like get into. Um, but yeah, I have, I, I've yeah, I've had it for maybe a couple of weeks now, so I've definitely got used to some of the lovely Microsoft uh, nuances that I have to deal with at work all the time using you know like Teams and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, no, it's good. It, it's nice to it's a nice to have for sure. Yeah, there's a one of it's actually I think our last news story, but I'll jump to that just to get your point of view on it. But it was just the fact that so we in the states we just had Thanksgiving, then there's Black Friday, which is this historic you know shopping day where people lose their minds. But I guess there's already data on that, and the Xbox Series S was the uh, most popular selling console. This is not from uh, Microsoft themselves; they don't release any sales data. Still, I think they stopped after the 360 because Xbox One had so many issues, but. Um, so this is uh, from Video Games Chronicle. According to Adobe Digital Economy Index data, uh, the cheaper Series S outs- outsold both PS5, Switch OLED model, and the more expensive Xbox Series X during the biggest holiday sale day of the year, in the States anyways. But um, it's it's pretty nuts. So it's, it's the cheapest one. It's still next-gen technically, and you can actually find it. So they've been, you know, clearing house, I guess, at least in this, this short little holiday time frame. But um, it's a great move from xbox and i wonder if now we're not you know inside the industry we don't know how much it costs to produce this uh this equipment all that but i wonder if playstation should take a route where it's some kind of stripped down ps5 they already have the digital but some kind of even more stripped down ps5 that maybe doesn't have the big fan something a way to like compact it make it cheaper would that be a another a good route for them to take some kind of like 300 dollars model yeah that'd be cool and i think with the vr2 sort of on the horizon it'd be a good time to try and like get something uh sort of done with that as well because <clears throat> if they're going to release like another iteration of console it'd be good to try and like use it to sell something else too um and i think like the vr headset and we've talked about how, whether they're going to have like wirelessly or whatever so kind of try timing something smaller with that i think would be 
would be quite cool. But yeah, I, I think it makes sense that the Series S uh, outsold you know the PS5 and the Series X mostly because there aren't any PS5s or Series Xs to get, and also the price of the Series S is just so attractive because it's you know so low, and when paired with Game Pass, it's it's even better. Yeah, I kept thinking when I saw that that article, like I wonder if they could release some kind of stripped down PS5 that maybe focused on like 1440p resolution. It wasn't shooting for 4K and you can't remove the disk drive. It already has that removed for the like digital PS5. But yeah, way to make that cheaper to compete right there with Xbox or they just keep, you know, doing the thing they've been doing with PS5. I mean, people would buy that if they could find it. So it's not a matter of they're choosing one or the other. It's just like what's left, Xbox Series S. Okay, I'll take that. But it's still a good... A great deal it's a way to jump into next gen and you have game pass so it's a great uh motive but yeah i wonder if and it's maybe too late now to like switch gears and try and produce some kind of slimline ps5 you know now it's going to take a couple years and you have the chip shortage it's a whole thing but yeah i was just wondering about that all righty callum well uh we have some new stories we can jump into um some of them are kind of backlogged from the past couple weeks this one here is not related at all but i saw this today and i want to get your take on it it's not actually in the docket this is from ign a ufo task force has been formed by the u.s government the united states department of, of defense has announced the formation of the airborne object identification and management synchronization group or an easier acronym is aoimsg which in some ways is the u.s's very own ufo task force um, and they go on so the UFO, uh, the U.S. government is looking for UFOs officially. And how do you feel about UFOs, Callum? Do you think they're real? Do you think we need to be looking for them? What's going on? Yeah, I always, I, I, I always like find them interesting. You know, when I was younger, I used to always look at the the videos of um, the ones that you can see. Um, but yeah, I've always been interested. But yeah, I just. A UFO task force is, is, I've got to say, a very American sounding thing. Yeah, they think just guns force, and they're going to go think, look for. I think just task force in general just like straight just reminds me of, uh, you know, like all the, the military sort of tropes. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, I think it's always cool when things like this are a reference. But you've always got to like think how pedantic they're being as well because... I guess UFO doesn't mean something alien necessarily. Um, no, so right. I guess we always gives them like a fallback to pretend that it's more boring than we hope it is. <laughs> yeah, it's true. They, for some reason, we all, or at least like when it's official, when it's kind of government related, they need that fallback of, we don't know what it is. We're not going to say aliens, but it's like, hey, dude, it's aliens. If it's something that's, you know, flying crazy that we can't produce and no other country can produce, maybe China now can do this kind of crazy stuff. But um, although I watch videos of drones sometimes and the way they zip around, it's like, okay, it's either aliens or drones from like a hundred years in the future. But, um, I don't know, yeah, I grew up always loving it and being very curious. Although now as an old man, we talked about the weather and traffic. I'm way more, um, just, uh, I need more proof kind of thing. And right now yeah, we have to, cool videos, but that's about it. You don't have the time. You just don't have the time to speculate anymore. Do we? You just got too much, uh, <laughs> too much to worry about. <laughs> yeah, I got to be on TikTok. You know, I got a lot of stuff I got to do that that takes my time. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. I don't know if this yeah. task force will find anything or what. Is that to go along with? Uh, don't you have? Don't you guys have a space force now as well? Or is that? Or was that scrapped? No, we got the space force. We got all space cornered. We got the task force, the space force, and nice. they're they're looking for aliens to try and I don't know tax them. It's or something, but... 
makes me excited now I've seen the expanse. I'm all I'm all for it. Um just 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 because like obviously it would never be in like our lifetime we'd ever see anything remotely like sci-fi-ish. Um right. so just like any snippet I can see uh whilst I'm here uh would be cool. So yeah, I'm happy for there to be a space force. Because uh, I guess that, like, at the moment, that's the leading sort of sci-fi thing that I can say I saw in my life is that there True. was a space force. Um, so hopefully something else can top that. Yeah, as far as sci-fi, all we have is, like, the dystopian sci-fi stuff in our lifetime. Like, yeah. uh, no housing and people working at Amazon having to, like, pee in bottles. Yeah. It's, like, it's all the worst yeah. parts of that <laughs> yeah. and not yeah. cool jetpacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So hopefully we'll get we'll get a good one to... to uh, make us forget all the horrible ones <laughs> yeah here's hope yeah well calm here's the first uh actual playstation news or really gaming news in general so we had the game awards nominees announced uh what a week ago two weeks ago i pulled just the big ones here because there is a bunch of awards which is dope but some of the big ones here uh the first one are uh, game of the year so we have death loop it takes two metroid dread psychonauts 2 ratchet and clank rift apart and resident evil village uh i want to get your take on these six uh, game of the year nominees uh, so i only played two of them uh which shows how bad i've been with playing games this year um <clears throat> but yeah I, I don't know i i really can't speak on like metroid dread i haven't seen much of psychonauts 2 although i do want to play it um and yeah i've seen more of it takes two and ratchet and clank but again haven't played either of them uh i mean i even if i had played them i'd still hazard a guess that i'd say resident evil village just because i really uh really really enjoyed it um but yeah i've heard great things about metroid dread in particular um and that's yeah. always a difficult one so i'm very separated from nintendo sort of and have been for a while i haven't i don't have a switch uh haven't really played much of their games recently so um it's difficult for me to you know know how good that game could potentially be so yeah, i'd have to go with resident evil yeah, I hear you. I've dabbled in a lot of them. I think the only one I haven't played is Metroid Dread. I played maybe 30 minutes of Psychonauts 2, and you know, it's really interesting, really cool. Um, but yeah, with the I loved It Takes Two. So I played with Gavin. We it took us like I think we we streamed it, you know, played like two hours at a time. So it took us, I don't know, a month to go through. Surprisingly long. But um I was thinking from the get-go when we were playing that, oh, this is my game of the year. And that was back in like January or February of this year. So I loved It Takes Two. That's my pick of the year for sure. Although just getting off uh, playing Forza Horizon 5, I loved that game. So it's like, I would love to see some representation here for that game. There's controversy with it. it's a driving game. They never get game of the year, blah, blah, blah. But um, I would go with Takes Two. If you were to throw your own nominee in there for game of the year, what was your game of the year top of your head for this year? God. Um, I mean, it'd probably be Resident Evil Village, uh, to be honest. Yeah. It's probably the most impressed i've been with the game this year i'm just trying to think what else i've played that's that came out this year um i mean yeah, i, I year, really a lot of, good, a lot of stuff yeah. got pushed this year yeah um i mean i've i'm really at the moment enjoying uh from what i've played the new halo as well but i think that's very late and obviously a bit more difficult to rate against games like this um but yeah i'd probably say resident evil village is the best game that I've played that came out this year. Yeah. And it's all relative or, you know, it's based on your personal experience. So like when we yeah. all freak out over this game didn't get nominated or this game won, it's like, yeah. you know, it's subjective. So And there's so many um, of them now. Uh, so many awards and things. Right. So I'm sure like your favorite game will get at least one. <laughs> 
that's I think they kind of do that. They kind of pad stuff around. Like Forza wasn't in Game of the Year, but there was there's another there's a couple of other um, um, categories it's in where you kind of get some love there. Um, yeah, with uh, with this Game of the Year, I mean these are all great picks, um, and I would go It Takes Two. But we'll move on. We have got Best Game of Direction here. Deathloop, It Takes Two, Returnal, Psychonauts 2, or Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. What do you think about best game direction? Again, the only one out of these I've played are Deathloop and Returnal, but I would probably imagine Ratchet and Clank would be the one I would say, just because of how great it looks um, and how like impressive it is. Probably the most, I mean, out of that and Returnal, it's, they're, they're probably the most like impressive technically and like next gen wise uh, out of all of those so i'd maybe but i guess it depends on what you class as best direction um i mean they're all obviously worthy again i haven't seen much psychonauts 2 but the first one's great so i'm sure the second one is um i mean maybe it takes two as well because that like you said everyone's loved it and it's not often you get a co-op game like that that is so universally loved you know we've seen lots of attempts at games like this that are cool but they never really make much um you know they don't make a lot of noise whereas it takes two like really i think took a lot of people by storm so i guess that kind of puts it in the league of its own where it's kind of the first of its kind where it's like a really you know co-op exclusively co-op pretty much a game that's being talked about with all the best games of the year yeah and i guess that's how we break down game direction itself is it how we're directing the player how we kind of um, arrange the levels mixed with the gameplay and the pacing. If that's all tied together, then I would say it takes two. I would agree where there's so many variances in like the kind of games that you're playing within that game. Then you have the co-op stuff going on and how you rely on each other and the story unfolding at the same time. Really, really good. I know people loved um, how Returnal, you know, plays around with just with the, with the whole uh, loop kind of aspect to it. Um, although we've talked about before, it was too hard for me. Psychonauts, two people loved for that same direct, uh, reason as well. Um, yeah, it's tough. I would go it takes two, but I I think I'm, I'm more um, biased where anything it pops up on, you know, best multiplayer game I'm playing, I'm saying it takes two. But um, we got that. One of the last ones here, second to last, is best audio design. We have Deathloop, Forza Horizon 5, Ratchet, Resident Evil, and Returnal. What do you think about that? Uh, I don't know. It's a hard, <clears throat> it's a hard one for me. I think they're all. I mean, again, I can't. I've played all of them except Ratchet and Clank, but all the ones I have played have had really great sound. Um, I mean, it's it's a really hard one. Um, I wouldn't know which one to sort of put above the other. But yeah, I've, I've got to say, all four of those games that I've played there have all impressed me, like particularly with with the sound. Um, so yeah, that'd be a a really really tough one i'll probably just go with resident evil because i just think it's the best game out of the the sort of lot this year now returnal the um whatever three four hours i played of that only the first biome um i was really impressed with they mix the dual sense features with the sound but like you kind of feel the raindrops and what's going on and different attacks kind of give you that different pulse on the dual sense i was really impressed with the sound on returnal so and how they kind of mix that with the dual sense so I would maybe go that direction, but with <clears throat> Forza Horizon 5, you know, it's, it sounds great. You have the cars making all their vroom vroom sounds, and it sounds accurate from what I can tell. Um, that was cool, too. Um, Deathloop has, I don't know if I'd put that in best audio design. Um, 
it's more visually, you know, stunning and, and uh, unique, but, and then you have Resident Evil Village with the, all that stuff, all the cool sound stuff going on. So yeah, I would say Returnal, but um, it's tough. And these are all great picks. That's the thing. It's like every lineup we go through, they're all great picks. Now, best performance. So some of these we have played, right? So we have Eric Mori um, as Alex Chen in Life is Strange, True Colors. We have Giancarlo Esposita as Anton Castillo from Far Cry 6. Jason Kelly as Colt Vaughn and Deathloop. Maggie Robertson as Lady Dimitrescu and Resident Evil. And Ozioma Akagi as Juliana Blake in Deathloop. Uh, what do you think about these performances for at least what, have, what you've played? Yeah, I, I, I think... You know, a standout one is Lady Dimitrescu, and she, that character was, you know, everywhere before the game was even out. Um, so obviously, that's a that's a big one because um, the, the 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 person playing the character is makes a big part of, uh, you know, how that character looks as well. Um, but then also, I've heard that is it I can't quite read that Giancarlo Esposito um, yeah. from Far Cry Six. Um, I've heard that that's good as well and in the trailers i've seen that that's been pretty sort of like movie level uh sort of looking um but yeah i think i'd have to say lady dimitrescu i, I didn't I, I wasn't massively blown away by the characters in Deathloop. um so i'd probably have to go with um yeah lady dimitrescu which i think is a quite a not an obvious choice but probably quite a standout one there i would agree with you 100 percent. yeah she kind of took over that character and that became such a big meme and really helped, you know, Resident Evil in itself, uh, kind of just take over the internet. So I would ha yeah, hundred percent go with, with, uh, Maggie Robertson, although with the Giancarlo Esposito in Far Cry six. So he's a well-known actor. He's in Breaking Bad. He's a great villain. Right. But, um, the motion capture in Far Cry six, so I played a good amount of it. It's a bit weird and wonky where it's, they have this high caliber actor, but they almost, they needed like a naughty dog level, uh, performance capture for the face. So because they have, you know, whatever Ubisoft engine, it just looks off. Like as you're playing, it, it looks kind of strange. It's not replicating everything he's doing on his face. And so it almost, it fa falls short because of that. Like if they had an extra, just a higher tier, you know, ability to capture what's going on mm -hmm. with the facial capture, I think it would have been great because he's acting, he's doing a great job, but it's like, it doesn't transfer over to his face and what's going on. They still look kind of weird and plasticky, but uh, yeah. that's my only negative on that. And and also the the mocap and facial animations in Resident Evil Village are I thought I thought were amazing. I thought that was like a massive part of <clears throat> Resident Evil Village that we don't really see much in Resident Evil. I mean, Seven for sure started it off, but I, I found Village to a point. I think it got pretty silly towards the end, like all Resident Evil games do. Um, I think to a point was like really like movie level. You know, when when you arrive at that house and. Uh, there's lots of like survivors in there and one of them turns into a lichen and uh, like there was some really like insane sort of scenes uh, in and performances especially from there's like such a massive cast of uh, characters in village as well so I think it would make sense to pick out somebody from that game and Lady Dimitrescu is, is the obvious standout yeah you're right with the facial capture it's just next level um, although I've, I've been seeing uh, on TikTok, I've been seeing these, uh, I don't know if it's mods or what they're doing, but on PC, on Resident Evil Village, they're able to turn up the animations by a certain percentage <laughs> and exaggerate them. If you've seen that, so I don't know why yeah. the, the game engine has that where you can toggle it, but like you can turn it up to 400% and their their faces are just crunching and, and 
really exaggerated. It's hilarious, but it's like, why is the yeah. engine let you do that? I guess it's all physics based or something. I, I I do love that about the RE engine is how open it is to people because obviously you see all the like funny <laughs> character models that people play as and um and i think it even works like the other way i'm pretty sure i see people using resident evil models uh like jill from like the resident evil 3 remake and stuff in other games as well um so it's really cool i, I love you know seeing like the, all the mr x uh mods that people did and right. and, and all of that um but it's, it's quite cool because i think resident evil's always been a place for like just you to mess around in like it's always like obviously even like the first game it's a very tense scary eerie game the first time you play it but then afterwards it just opens up and becomes this kind of sandbox where you can play it however you want and uh you know try and do finish the game in certain ways with certain disadvantages and things and i think nowadays having like the engine be so accessible to people who want to mod it is like is is like a really nice way to like continue that kind of sandbox nature of resident evil yeah and whether capcom wants to admit or not that helps that gives the game legs when you see these weird clips every once in a while you're reminded like oh yeah i want to go play that um yeah. so it's a great idea and you're right where they kind of linked it together from the get-go where it's like once you play that experience you need something to keep you going back to it so with the different you know carrot on the stick aspects of like going to find the rocket launcher or you know speed run through it it's like they've done that from the get-go and now it's even more so with like these pc releases yeah yeah and i yeah I, I think it's just like to to segue slightly i think it's just such a good time for resident evil with village being like cause i think seven was slightly not i mean it was obviously like critically acclaimed but i think it was quite divisive as well whereas i think village is you know that's like the best i've seen resident evil and the way people react to it since you know probably four um and we've also got four on oculus as well which uh is great so I just love it. I, I just love seeing Resident Evil like back at the top and I can't wait for it to go back down again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's... I'll be there. I'll be there for it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So we got the last one here. Best action games. We played a couple of these. So we got Back for Blood, Chivalry 2, Deathloop, Far Cry 6, and Returnal. Um, what do you think? I know you played some Back for Blood and you dipped into a couple of these, but what do you think for best action game? Yeah, I it's it's annoying because Chivalry Two is one I, I really really want to play. Um, I loved the first the first game, so I'm sure that's that's really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, out of the ones I have played, I've got to say that the most fun I've had out of those is was on Back for Blood. But I know it was very you know a little bit, especially in comparison to Deathloop and Returnal, it was a little bit broken in areas, and you know it has the problem where you can't really play it solo because there's no progression in solo. So Mm. As much as I did definitely have the most fun playing it. Um but as much as I didn't get on with it, I think Deathloop had some pretty good action. Um had some good reasons to be experimental with um, you know, the way you combat and traverse the <clears throat> the sort of levels and things. So yeah, as much as it's definitely not one of my favorite games of the year, I think Deathloop has a pretty solid action. Um sort of part of it so uh maybe that but yeah again i'm not sure yeah people they love returnal i feel like that that's going to end up winning it at the end of the day yeah. um getting about i i think it's just because i haven't played it in so long and it was like before i had like this few months lull where i didn't really play much so um but yeah i mean i did love playing returnal and yeah that was great as well you know putting a bullet hell 
kind of game into a third person from a bullet hell you know kind of studio so it was always going to be great um so yeah i think it probably for me i think return on Deathloop are probably on another level to the other games in terms of of, of action yeah i would uh i would imagine they give it to returnal even the the bit i played and couldn't really progress further i could still tell like there's a this is a solid game like i can tell the the action the gameplay is really fun um really satisfying it was just that you know what we talked about before where it was just too hard for me to progress through and i need to go back and give it some more time uh, we have a new story on returnal too as well we'll get to but i did play a bunch of far cry 6 and it's more of that sandboxy you know fps and it it was fun um i think they this is the last one where they need to really you know mess with the formula a little bit but um it was still great to play death loop i wish i had more fun with but i'm sure returnal's gonna gonna end up winning this at the end of the day but um, yeah, some of the big ones for uh, Game of the Year or Game Awards, rather, it's coming up in December. So they have their cutoff time, which is like November or something. So I, I know um, Forza Horizon just barely got in there for some of the nominees. But Halo multiplayer is not included because it just came out, what, two weeks ago now? It'll be two weeks uh, mo- on Monday, tomorrow. But um, <clears throat> I wanted to segue into Halo, even though PlayStation, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But we've been playing a lot of it. How do you feel about Halo Infinite? Uh, I mean, it's definitely the best Halo multiplayer game I've played since, you know, Halo's heyday. Um, it's really, really fun. Plays, you know, really, really well. Um, I've been mostly playing ranked arena, mostly just because I, I I like the battle rifle. I'm not very good with any of the, any of the other guns. Um, but I've played a couple of like, the big team modes as well. And um, yeah, it's great. And I think it definitely has some problems. Um, in regards to it feels like there's not a lot to it at the moment um i think that's mostly down to the fact you can't really choose what game modes you want uh which in turn affects people playing the objective which i've seen lots of people complaining about as well um and also obviously the progression system is just <laughs> it's, um, it's it's hard to criticize because it's free to play but there's just nothing to it like you finish a game you don't really feel like you've progressed or improved your character or anything and um so i think there's definitely some problems with it but yeah gameplay wise which is the most important thing especially considering this is probably just gonna span for years and years um you know we're not going to be worrying about how the progression system was uh you know a week before release in what five six years time when everyone's still playing it so um but yeah it's, it's great fun um and i'm glad to see halo sort of be appreciated and i'm really really excited for the campaign as well yeah, same here. I mean, the exact same thoughts I have. And, you know, even though we're a PlayStation podcast, I think it's just you can't help but bring it up. We're playing it. And also PlayStation doesn't have their big juggernaut this holiday. And Xbox has, you know, been great at now they're seeing the, the they planted the seeds. Now the fruit is coming out where you have Forza Horizon being great. People loving it. You have uh, Infinite. Um, so they're kind of owning this holiday season and PlayStation doesn't have their exclusive, but and as far as even then on top of that, PlayStation doesn't have their massive FPS, which we've, you know, begged over and over again, talked about Killzone or Resistance, like they have these great properties and Xbox has taken this route where it's like, what do we have that we own that we need to bring back that people love? They've been doing that. And I would love to see PlayStation do that same thing, especially since they don't have anything to compete with something on this caliber of like a an FPS, but yeah, they nailed it with the multiplayer. Um, my only issue is that progression progression system, just feeling like you're unlocking stuff, you know, because it's it's been done well before. Like I played a bunch of Fortnite and people love uh, Destiny too, where they 
have understood how to calibrate the progression system and make you feel like you're earning stuff and give you that carrot on the stick. And you think that 343 would be able to see that data and go, okay, well, we'll take these aspects and kind of copy it and, and make it better. But it's just kind of, you don't feel like you're, like you're unlocking stuff. And you know, if you go through your, your levels that are possible to upgrade, there's a lot of cool stuff there, but it's all locked away to these crazy high tiers and it takes so long to upgrade or to level up. It's just kind of a bummer, but it doesn't matter, I guess, at a certain point because the gameplay is so damn fun. So we'll just, yeah. you know, keep rolling it. But um, that's my only um, negative knock. I know that they are working on, they have added little upgrades. So if you complete a game, you get 50 XP. That's cool. But you can be like a master in one match. I'm, that happens every, like, for me, every like 20 matches. I have one where I'm just like mowing people down, you know, uh, doing my slingshot thing and then na nailing people with a grenade sticky grenade and then i go to the end match and i nothing happened like i didn't unlock anything even though i felt like i was doing really good that's yeah. my only negative on that yeah and i i think it's it's also a little bit like you said it's just you can play really really well and then you'll get like the same if not less score than someone who did really badly but they you know finished a challenge or something right um you know, I, I, it's not. I, I don't think anyone's played Halo to really care too much about the customization of their character or unlocking unlocking anything because it's not like you choose your loadout or anything. But I think there just needs to be something to kind of like entice you to like play that next game, if that makes sense. And I just feel like at the moment it's not really there. But the game itself is is just so great, and it it feels uh, you know great to play. And I think I've said before, I am most excited for for the single player. Um, yeah, just because I think the gameplay is so good, and I prefer single player games, so I'm just excited to be able just to play it um, in you know the, the story mode or whatever. Um, but I have noticed some pretty. <laughs> I, I I caught it reminds me of you know how as soon as like somebody sees someone like gliding in a game, and they'll say it's like Breath of the Wild, even yeah. though like, it has happened in loads of other games. Um, I saw someone that playing like the preview of the Halo campaign, and they were like going absolutely mental because there was a like a, a camp or like a kind of like you know like the bandit camps in like ubisoft games yeah and they were like acting like it was like the first time it, it ever happened and i think we're going to get a lot of that because it is a new halo and it, i've got friends at work who are like just so so defensive over halo like as soon as you say a, a single bad thing about it um yeah so it's nice because, like, I do think it genuinely looks really good. So um, I am really, really, because normally it can be a bit off-putting when you see people uh, acting like this. But I think, yeah, the gameplay speaks for itself. And I've been, the, the, I think we both said the first trailer that came out for it, before it was delayed and before everyone said it looked awful, I thought it looked really good. Like that game they showed then, I thought it looked great. So, yeah, um, yeah the, the more, obviously, time they've had is why it's so refined and polished. Um, so yeah, very, very excited for that one. Yeah. And Halo has been on this, um, kind of this downfall after what, around the release of five, where they're trying to, you know, figure out what do people want? How do we bring this into the next generation? I think they nailed that by adding the, the open world aspects to it. Of course, it's going to rub people the wrong way and they're going to compare it to say like a Ubisoft game where that's, that's what's going on. But I admire that they're willing to take that chance and still, you know, pretty much from what I can see, nail it. A lot of the previews have been really positive too. Um, it's just to take it back to PlayStation. I, I, I wish they had that same willingness to go back to the mind and see what they have that they can bring back to life and something like a resistance would be great. And they don't have to make it open world, you know, not the same thing at all, but kind of look at the, 
look at the gameplay, see what they can improve. You know, if you if you look at um, if you look at I was gonna say resistance, but it's not resistance. It is Killzone. Killzone, uh, one of the last ones on PS4 that had open world aspects to it. At least the levels were open, so they were kind of changing the, the dynamic a little bit. So I want to see more of that, but bring those properties back. I feel like there's so much they could do. Uh, if you look at uh, Doom, they didn't those those levels weren't open, but they felt you could they're still very sandboxy. You could really change how you're approaching stuff. Every enemy needed their own attack. So I just um PlayStation's just dropping the ball, man. They got to they have so many cool properties. I'm hoping that they're taking the time and looking at what their catalog has that they haven't worked on in a while and they have something in the in the in the fray that they could bring back and compete in the space, but it's I just hope that they, you know, care about it like the the like the community does. Yeah, and I think it's it's always good because we say all the time it's very fickle. Um, you know, one month <clears throat> something comes out and it's now the top thing. Next month something else comes out and then that's the the top thing. But it, the cool thing about this is this is the first time I think there's been a exclusive shooter like this that's re- that's this good and and everything. Um, so maybe this will like force the ha- the hand to create something bring back something like resistance or something like Killzone because right. i know those games have never reached the heights that halo did but they've also never reached the lows it did i don't think it never they never you know did a halo 4 and 5 you know where people were like oh this game's bad like they, they've got great track records both those series so they don't really you know they, they're going to have a fan base that just think well about it that you don't have anyone that like with Halo where people are a bit dubious because of the the other two games. Yeah, it's interesting. And yeah, that's all I'm playing right now is is Halo Infinite. Although I'm playing Infinite and then multiplayer and then my wife is really hard into um the new Skyrim remaster that came out. And so I'll be playing that and then watching her play that. And mm-hmm. it gets me more excited for the campaign of Infinite too, because it's actually mixing those two aspects together. But um I I'm really impressed with the the quality of that Skyrim Master, it looks really, really good. I don't know if you've watched any footage or had any desire to jump in, but um, if you own the last remaster compilation thing they did, then it's 10 or 20 bucks to get the PS5 version. And it's just, you know, 4K running 60 frames per second, but it looks really, really good for how old it is. I'm really surprised and it almost makes me want to jump into that game too. I just sunk so many hours in, into Skyrim where I think I'm set for a lifetime, but it looks really good. Yeah, I, I've 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 never been the biggest um, fan of of Skyrim, but I've always wanted to. Maybe I've tried going back to it so many times, and every time it was like a new iteration of it. I'm always like, oh, maybe I'll try it, and maybe this time I'll be in you know the right headspace for it or whatever. But I've just never been able to just get into it. It's, it's always sort of not bored me, but just never clicked with me for whatever reason so but this might be you know a good good reason to try it and the thing with game pass which i guess it's on game pass um means you can just try things and if they're not for you you can just delete them and go on about your life <laughs> right that's great uh all right Cam, we'll tra- transition here to the next uh, news story we got so some news about jailbreaking the ps5 hackers are close to jailbreaking the ps5 it's from this is from the verge.com hackers may have just made some big strides towards possibly jailbreaking the PlayStation 5. Hacking group Fail Overflow claims to have managed to obtain PS5 root keys, allowing them to decrypt the console's firmware. Additionally, Andy 
Nguyen, a security engineer, engineer at Google, managed to access the PS5's debug settings menu on a retail PS5 back in early November. The two exploits are particularly notable due to the level of access they theoretically give to the PS5 software, allowing hackers to further reverse engineer the PS5 software and potentially develop the sort of hacks that allowed for things like installing Linux or emulators or even pirated games on past Sony consoles. Obviously, Sony is uh, presumably working on software updates to halt these efforts. Uh, Callum, how do you feel about this? Do you think they're going to get very far? And uh, I, can't, I imagine, yeah, Sony is working hard to not allow this to happen. Yeah, it's similar to what happened with like the Vita as well, where people would always jailbreak it and hack it and turn them into little emulators and then Sony release an update. And so it'll probably just be a lot of back and forth, I, I imagine. But yes, it's, it's funny to see how soon people are you know, trying to, to do this. Yeah, you kind of can't stop it. That community will, will jailbreak and try and, you know, um, hack this stuff uh, always. It's always going to be the the race for this kind of thing. And um, yeah, the only negative is it's because of like this, say the first, uh, the PSP, people are able to completely hack into that. And then it, uh, from what I understand, it apparently it hurt sales and uh, led to Sony adding things in the Vita that were less consumer friendly, but they were trying to stop people from from hacking the, the software and loading whatever they want on there. Um, it's interesting. And I wonder if, you know, there's not going to be any fallback for something like this that happens into the next PlayStation, if it's less consumer friendly, like the PSP, I don't know. And I'm too dumb to try and do any of this, nor do I care enough to do this. Yeah, it's just a pain in the ass, isn't it? I mean, I think especially when you have a computer, I say I have a computer, my computer's on its way out, but um, like, it's just, I mean, I guess like a hobby for a lot of people, or it might even be a way of like learning for them, but it is just like, oh, how, how do you have the energy to, do that <laughs> to, right. to something so difficult to get as well and expensive um but uh saying that i do i mean it's actually completely unrelated but um it reminded me i want to build a, a pc for uh, for the living room uh in the gamecube so i've got a gamecube and i've had it for ages but i've never used yeah. it i doubt i ever will so i kind of want to try and gut it and build a little pc in there because I've, I've always wanted like a lounge pc so that I could like download films completely legally and uh, have them all sort of on that. But yeah. um, I, I imagine I'll, if I do try to and this way and just sack it off because it's too hard. Yeah, have you made, I was going to say, have you made any strides? I rem remember you telling me about that. No, I, I, I actually managed to find um, a Reddit post of someone who did the exact same thing. Um, they listed all the components they got because I think that's the hard part is trying to source like a a decent enough components that will fit fit in there but yeah it, it sounds like it's doable so uh obviously like airflow and things a big one but i hope yeah. this guy's done it uh then he'll have some tips on that too but yeah i thought it'd be like a nice little hobby to to get into i'm trying to to stop go out going out drinking and eating so much um <laughs> which is difficult uh in a in a city but uh right. i'm trying <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I think the same way you feel about these, uh, like that as a potential cool, um, you know, project, it seems like these hackers, same way. They, they want to, they yeah. like that challenge of jailbreaking stuff. And uh, I don't have it, but I have that same thing you have where it's like, I like to tinker and that sounds like a dope idea, putting a PC in a, uh, in a GameCube. But um, yeah, um, we'll see what happens with this jailbreaking. Yeah. Don't know. 
All right, we got the next one here. I don't know if you've been following the GTA drama with the trilogy, but we got GTA Trilogy Patch 1.02 fixes huge list of bugs on PS5 and PS4. This is uh, from PushSquare.com. A big bug squashing update for GTA Trilogy is now live on PS5 and PS4. Rockstar Games made a website post this week in which they started by saying, we want to provide an update regarding the unexpected technical issues that came to light. The company stated that it has ongoing plans to address the technical issues and to improve each game going forward. General fixes include improvements to incorrect or misplaced textures, character models, and audio skipping. Um, how do you feel about the, um, there's been tons of bugs, you know, put online and weird glitches and stuff aside from how the game looks and performs. And it's been, you know, it's, it's an old game now, but there's been a lot of, um, drama with how Rockstar handled this remaster, if you call it that, and how they also start off this update by saying that there was unexpected technical issues. I'm sure they had every clue what was going on before they released this, but what do you think? Yeah, it's um, it's been pretty funny to follow. Um, <clears throat> I, I was actually quite excited for it. I think the trailer they released showed off the art in a slightly different way to how it actually, actually is in the final thing, um, especially if you, as you've seen people going into like less focused on areas and it just looks like so low effort. Um, so I'm glad I didn't uh, you know, dive in and buy it by any of these because, you know, maybe they'll get sorted, but um i don't think it's also just i don't think it's just the bugs that are the problem i think it's, it just seems quite low effort in a lot of ways so yeah it's a shame um hopefully it will start getting patched um what's there's another game that's just released a patch that's meant to fix it oh uh the new battlefield as well is apparently oh being fixed because that's also broken uh but i actually bought that one so um, oh no <laughs> been, been considering getting a refund because it's pretty uh not it's not in a good 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 way <laughs> yeah yeah i want to get to to battlefield too but um um yeah i just found it um really strange the way they would word it where they weren't sure weren't aware of the the bugs and I, i'm confident you know bug testers play testers found this stuff and it just seems to frame the fact that this remaster wasn't given the love it should have been for such a you know well-loved trilogy of games and rocks are being so so big it seems like it was just like minimal effort required. People have actually broken down some of the techniques they think they're doing with um, like upscaling textures and resolution. I think that that's why a lot of the weird texture model or uh, character models have uh, you know come to light because of using other like programs or AI to just like automatically kind of up res and fix stuff. So it seems like maybe there wasn't a lot of actual human work on this. They just kind of ran this through some kind of sim upgraded it and said okay fine we'll sell it and i don't know at the end of the day if that's what's going on but it's just very minimal like effort on this thing and for such a huge property it's, as you think they would spend the time but yeah there's been a lot of criticism on that front yeah it just makes you wonder why they 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 even bothered um with like you said like the, the just the low effort and they, they might as well just not have released it i mean these games are still playable on the next gen consoles and mobile phones and everything it does make you wonder why they even bothered to be honest it's just it's like they've got just to, uh, you know too much money to to even like care about <laughs> about what they're right. doing yeah and they removed a lot of these from the various online stores and i think after the backlash of the the release here they at least um re-release them or put those games back on pc platforms but uh, in addition to put out this remaster they removed uh, a way to download these games on like psn and that kind of thing so it's like is it just a cash grab where it's like, we don't want you to buy the old ones, buy this one because it's now, you know, full retail price. 
it's strange. But then it's you know broken or the original ones run better than the than this uh, remaster. So it's you think they'd have enough money to not do weird stuff like that, but they're still a corporation or whatever huge business, and they just follow the same kind of mantra. But yeah, Cal, we got that. People are not too happy. We'll see if they fix it at the end of the day. All right, we got the next one here. Some news on The Last of Us TV show. Naughty Dog's Neil Druckmann wraps work on The Last of Us TV series. It's from GameRant.com. Druckmann's contributions to The Last of Us HBO series have varied between roles as co-writer, executive producer, and now director, as Druckmann's photo of a notable clip, clipper clapperboard depicts. But with the photo shared of a scenic Canadian skyline, Druckmann states that his time in Canada has come to an end. Uh, Druckmann is now escaping Canada's frigid weather and returning to Naughty Dog to perhaps continue working on an unannounced game, whether it is set in the Last of Us franchise, another franchise such as Uncharted, or a completely new Naughty Dog IP. Uh, and the Last of Us is currently still in production. So uh, Neil Druckmann's work has finished on The Last of Us TV show. And um, just kind of recapping that, that it has ended, but the show is still filming, but at least his contributions are done. But I know he was directing a couple of episodes, but um, I'm hoping that because his time is done, Maybe we get a summer release. I'm wondering how close this thing is is to being actually, you know, on our TVs. Yeah, I think the longer that goes on, the more we hear about it, just the more excited I get for it. I'm really, really looking forward to this now. And I don't think I was when it was first um, announced. But yeah, um, it's uh, yeah, it's interesting to... to I, I actually assume Dr- Neil Druckmann was sort of part of the whole thing, but I guess it makes sense because he's, he's ultimately doing sort of two jobs at once. Um, but yeah, really, really excited for this. And the, the I, I love seeing all the sort of behind the scenes photos that I don't think are like official, but people have like managed to grab, um, just, yeah, starting to get, you know, a bit of excitement for this. And, it, and it, I, from what I've seen, it looks like a lot of other people, um, are in the same boat, which is cool. Yeah. There's actually a lot of, of leaked stuff online. I'm kind of trying to avoid it, but there's apparently they just let people onto the set or whatever, but there's a lot of footage and or and just pictures of what's going on, and it all looks cool. But I'm trying to avoid some of the spoiler stuff. I just kind of want to experience it. Not that it spoils, but I guess just spoils the feeling of watching it for the first time, their depiction of it. But yeah, no, same. Where I'm just I'm super excited for this. I want to see what they do with it. I want them to also make radical different changes from the from the game. And I'm maybe one of the few people that feel that way. But um, I just like the idea of we have the games and the story unfolds the way that they did. Cool. I want them to do something different. They're going to follow the same lines. I get it. But like, I'm more excited for them to kind of switch up what happens and different takes on characters. But um, I might be an outlier, but that's what I want. Yeah, I think there's a huge potential here. And I think it's something that maybe it's difficult to imagine before it's out. But this could become like a massive thing, like, you know, Walking Dead kind of size where, you know, Walking Dead's based on the comic and they differ, you know, greatly because... yeah. The, the series is trying to build its own universe, its own stamp, its own, you know, version of, of the story. So I think, yeah, it'd be really cool to have something that is, you know, based on and, you know, the foundations of the game is what spurred on these characters and these events. But yeah, to, to sort of take it in its own direction and, uh, you know, create its own drama. Like you said, I think it will follow the general beats, like the the important parts, but there's so much in between that it can just do whatever it likes with. And I think as long as the characters for people who have played the game, as long as the characters are at least in 
and how they act and and you know the decisions they make as long as they're kind of consistent with the characters we know um i think that's an important part but yeah so far everything looks great and i'm kind of happy for it to go whatever way it wants to i'm just really really curious to see um how how it will be yeah same can't wait hoping it soon all right coming up the next one here uh playstation exclusive sifu gets release date shuffle and new detail details on age mechanics so this here is from uh, the playstation blog and we have um marketing manager slow clap marketing manager at slow clap has the actual blog post in sifu our hero has one powerful tool to help them on their quest an ancient pendant that can heal them back to life but nothing is ever free the pendant has to be fueled with life energy and every time they go they get back up they will age Aging will not make you weaker, but has a slight impact on your abilities. As you get older, you will trade maximum health for offensive power. Your character's model will also showcase how old you are. Getting older has no drawbacks on your abilities, and you'll be able to complete the game at any age. Each death allows you to unlock perks, each one with different costs or requirements. Skills and perks can also be unlocked in-game between missions and through shrines found. Upgrades are not lost upon death. The more you die, the faster you will age. The first time you die, you'll, you'll age by one year. Second time by two years, a third by three, and so on. The only way to lower or reset your death counter is to use one of the available shrines or beat specific enemies, such as chapter bosses. Um, so some uh, more details on how the gameplay unfolds and like how the aging mechanic works. But um, how do you feel about Sifu? So it's a PS uh, or, or PC and PS5 exclusive. Looks really cool. Um, but what are you thinking about what we know so far? Yeah, I think it looks really, really cool. When it was first announced, I really liked the look of it. And I think as more details have come out about the the aging mechanic i think it sounds really cool sounds like a really original sort of idea um yeah i think it looks really cool I'm, it's definitely something that out of there's not too many games that i'm too excited for but this one is definitely one that i'm looking forward to playing yeah this uh dev slow clap i guess they've they made this game called absolver which has if you look back at footage of that there's a lot of this kind of the bones of the fighting engine that they have created and um with a different like fight style. So it seems really cool from that to see what they're doing with Sifu. I'm very stoked for this. And also in the part of that blog post, they announced that Sifu will now release February 8th in 2022, rather than on February 22nd. And it seems obviously they're trying to avoid Elden Ring, which launches on the 25th. So trying to give this more breathing room before everyone jumps into, into Elden Ring. But um, yeah, no, it looks really cool. Um, another little tidbit, it's uh, now been confirmed that the game won't have difficulty options, at least not at launch. So maybe in the future, We'll see if it, hopefully it's not a returnal situation for me, but uh, there's uh, difficulty uh, options at some point. That's pretty cool, but I have no idea how hard this game's going to be. All right, Callum, we got the next one here. We'll switch over. Ba -ba -ba. Some boring news on this new patent. So Sony's own patent for removable PS5 faceplates published from PlayStationLifestyle.net. Uh, Sony's patent for customizable faceplates for the PS5 console has now or finally been made public. This has prompted speculation that the console manufacturer may be considering making its own swappable faceplates and skins. So kind of a boring one, but showing that, hey, we're getting hopefully some Sony branded uh, faceplates here for the PS5. Um, there's drama with uh, other third parties wanting to do it, and they're trying to uh, sue them and other legal drama. But you think that this would have been something kind of early on developed or launched with the ps5 these options to trade out your your skins on the outside but what do you think about this yeah i think it's it's, it's really cool i think for me i i've always thought and until my console's really old and i you know you need know, just like start kicking it around and stuff i always like 
don't like to put stickers on or third party things. So I know it sounds really stupid, but um but if there was like an official, you know, red PlayStation or green plate or whatever it is, um I think I'd be more inclined to maybe look into it. I probably wouldn't end up doing it just kind of I don't really want to mess around with it. Maybe if there was a black one. Um but uh yeah I think it's exciting that we might be getting some official um stuff. But range you would have thought they would have just allowed third party people to to do their own thing as well. Because I think like I said there is something to be said for just getting like the official stuff um for for something like a games console so um i think either way they they'd probably still be fine but yeah maybe they just want to rule rule the market yeah i think that's what's going on but um people do want to buy this kind of stuff so you think that they would you know be faster on the draw with this kind of thing with uh comparing them to xbox with all the different crazy controllers they keep putting out and you have like a halo infinite themed xbox series x they're really um ahead of the game when it comes to these different you know um different versions or just cooler versions of what they already have and ps5 doesn't have that or playstation in general so they did have those dual sense controllers come out last year but that were the two different colors i know they're like space themed space themed there's like a maroon and a black those are cool but i'd like to see them really you know um just go harder with uh these different different uh dual senses different um face plates um hopefully they do that it would just be neat to have but yeah especially if it's like sony branded then uh, we know everything's going to click in there and work properly, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but we got another patent here. This is also from PlayStationLifestyle.net. New Sony patent may indicate that the PS5 is getting a UI upgrade. A new patent from Sony suggests that the big change may be coming to the PS5 UI and possibly future PlayStation consoles as well. The new patent describes a system that allows players to switch to other applications on their <clears> console <throat> without having to leave a game. This is a major step from the current UI, which forces players to back out of the home menu before entering other applications. Um, so that's a great, uh, hopefully, uh, an actual thing that's implemented into the PS5, especially with Xbox. I don't know if you've tra- played around with the, there's like that quick resume, resume option where you can jump from game to game that's on your, on your, uh, uh Xbox series. But, uh, how do you feel about this Calum? Yeah. So on the topic of, cause I, I, I've always been a little bit hard on the PS5 UI, but I think that's because it was the, you know, when a next gen console comes out you expect like something like mystical and it and it and it was you know really fast and everything but i think maybe i was a bit too hard hard on it because now i've used the series s i realize how next gen the kind of ps5 ui and os actually is i mean it's i don't know if you're the you feel the same but the ps5 is so much faster like to to get things and to to do things and um i've also had quite a few problems on my xbox with just things not working like when i first got it it wouldn't let me buy game pass it just kept giving me an error and i had to go through loads of uh troubleshooting on online and and it keeps asking me to enter my password as well which um apparently is another bug um so i've had a bit of a disruptive experience with the xbox i mean game pass is amazing when i'm in the games it's great and quick resume is absolutely brilliant um but yeah this just reminded me that i think now i've played on the other you know console out of the two uh, there's certain things about the xbox i prefer and now i kind of like some things about the ps5 more because i kind of didn't realize uh what it was like with with the xbox i think for sure uh i I much prefer the the ui but it's also nice to know that there are some changes uh coming because it is 
not perfect by any means. Yeah, no same. And I think my only big takeaway or negative for the Series S is um, really how stuff is arranged. And apparently you can kind of customize that that main screen a little bit, but uh, just the way things are arranged where I want to quickly jump into a game where it's showing me what's new on Game Pass or like what my friend's are doing. It's like, I want to be able to kind of just see my games and quickly jump around. And um, yeah. apparently there are some options I need to mess with, but um, yeah, it's uh, with PS5. I don't know if I have a thought at the end of the day that, uh, that, that actually changes my mind. Um, the only thing I want with the PS5 is letting me hold the power button on the DualSense to turn it off. I missed that from the, from the PS4. Let me do that again. Yeah. And I'm a happy camper. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, uh, and I think that's what I mean. I think problems like that, like, I would like to hold this that or not have to hold this down to do this. And they're all things that, you know, I still agree with them felt, but I think, yeah, now after using the Xbox, which I, I got the Xbox originally because I thought, Oh, you know, I'm kind of bored of pc problems mostly because of work and also just because like the xbox app is a pain in the ass and um pcs can just be a pain in general um you know by no means i'm going to stop using it but i just thought i'll get the console game pass is better and and everything and yeah straight away i've been having like the same and because obviously with microsoft it's the same kind of errors like the same something went wrong uh like microsoft errors that you see all the time and i was just like oh i forgot that at the end of the day this is still microsoft and everything they make is is uh is terrible uh so um but no the i mean game pass is amazing all the games are amazing i've been playing like fable um anniversary and uh it's yeah i mean in terms of a games console it's easily the best like choice out of them all at the end of the day because the price i mean i'm playing on a 4k tv as well and it upscales i don't even notice any difference um and it, it yeah it's a fantastic you know bit of kit but the, when it comes to the operating system and when you're not in a game like yeah i have been uh, a little bit struggling a little bit with that yep i hear you i hear you on that already come we got the next one here spider-man comes to marvel's avengers so this is from an ign preview uh we have it turns out the playstation exclusive character won't have any story missions tied to him Rather, this is simply a hero event where you can experience existing and uh, and new content as Peter Parker. Uh, footage first focused on combat where Spider-Man is described as a more nimble Black Panther with standard punches and kicks to go alongside moves more akin to what you expect out of Spidey. His three heroic abilities are Web Bomb, a Spider Drone, and the ultimate ability titled Wrecking Ball. Next up is the all-important Web Swinging, which doesn't appear to be on the same level as Insomniac's Marvel Spider-Man. Rather than attaching every web to a nearby building or object, Spider-Man effectively swings from a glass ceiling. According to IGN, uh, the mechanic apparently feels fairly good for a second or two until you land back on the floor. You lose all your sense of momentum at that point. Uh, Wall running is also said to be quite restrictive. Crystal Dynamics revealed that the voice actor, Sean Chiplock, would be the one portraying the web slinger instead of the traditional one on the uh, on Insomniac's Spider-Man. Spider-Man comes to Marvel's Avengers November 30th. Um, we've talked about before, I don't think we're impressed or care at all, but what do you think about... Now we have some footage. We can see Spider-Man in action in Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, I, I think it's quite it's, it's kind of bizarre because like like the the thing you just read says it's um it's going to be compared to Insomniac one, and it's just going to be so. I mean, not we you know we shit on this game all the time, but not to sound like uh, you know horrible, but Insomniac Spider-Man is like a, a million times better you know more fun game so to be able to play such like a close 
experience like with the same character from a game that came out what maybe the same year or within like a year of each other um it's just gonna be middling i imagine um i can't um, i don't know what the fan base is like but i can't imagine that, that there's much people left playing this so it's gonna be uh yeah. interested in trying this because you can just play spider-man which right. i imagine will be a, a much better experience so yeah i mean i know we're always very negative on this game and i try i try my best not to be but it is just it's just one of those where you just can't bring yourself to or i can't bring myself to be excited about it or think of anything exciting to say about it yeah i do find it interesting i was assuming from the get-go that insomniac was involved or we're going to at least see that same spider-man transition over but it's not that at all so you notice his his outfit is not the same from spider-man on ps4 or ps5 uh different voice actor um although we had we had in the original spider-man on ps4 there was reference to avengers and people you know were theorizing okay they're kind of trying to bridge this gap into this next uh, marvel game but i wonder if they're waiting to see the reception or how uh, Crystal Dynamics did with Avengers to see do we want to actually have these two play together or just kind of keep them separate. And I just find it interesting where I wonder if there was a deal early on to integrate Insomniac Spider-Man and because of the reception they just decided let's just make our own Spider-Man keep it separate and so that we kind of don't mess with that original property if if this thing isn't uh, received well. Yeah I'm, I'm just watching the video now I, I didn't actually know it wasn't the Insomniac character either um, it just looks bad <laughs> it just it just doesn't look just it it just looks like it's got no I don't know I, I don't know I, I don't know it just doesn't look good <laughs> yeah, um, yeah yeah especially and and that's the thing like if we didn't have a Spider-Man game to compare it to that's so recent it would probably be you know it wouldn't look so bad but I mean this just looks like miles off of anything you know Spider-Man related we've had over the past few years it's just yeah but i mean i think that's basically just the game and in 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 full isn't it right yeah and it's uh, at the end of the day maybe it's just not for us or the people that are playing this really love it but um and they mentioned in that ign uh, preview he's, he's kind of a reskin version of the black panther character the with which was with the way he moves but you have the web swinging added to it um, mm -hmm. I don't know if I, until I can actually like, get this in my hands and, and play it, maybe it's actually way more fun. I don't know if that's the case, but, yeah. um, it's just, you have such a great game with Insomniacs, Spider-Man. Uh, I'll just go play that. If I have any urge to play Spider-Man. There's a Marvel game on mobile, like a, <clears throat> a kind of like MMO kind of game, which, you know, when you just like, you're lying in bed and you just download some weird game and play it for like yeah. an hour and never play it again. And it looks like, it looks the same as this, like the, mm. the game the same and that's on a phone um so yeah i don't know i think i'm just down on it and so probably <laughs> yeah. being a bit not just it just looks like there's no like i don't know there's just nothing to it it looks like really weirdly lit like all the colors are like just one tone almost like it's yeah. making me pass out <laughs> <laughs> it's like his suit's so red <laughs> but yeah I don't know. it's it's uh yeah I, w I won't be playing it if you can if you couldn't guess I got that vibe, yeah. Um, nor will I unless it's like it's free, it's on somehow. I wake it's up and I'm already playing. Like, okay, head. yeah. <laughs> All right, Kyle. I mentioned before we had some uh, speculation, some news on Returnal DLC. So we have Returnal DLC announcement at the Game Awards 2021 question mark. 
House Marquee tweets spark speculation. So the original article here is from PlayStationLifestyle.net, but it's really the heart of it is this tweet from House Mark showing um, some kind of helmet thing going on with uh, the phrase that says Atropos question mark. And uh, the actual article from PlayStation Lifestyle um, says that no one's aware of what this 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 screenshot is from um, or what it's referencing. So are we going to see hopefully some DLC? What do you think about this? I think Return will be a perfect game to get <clears throat> DLC. Um, I, I do really want to go back to it. So I'm excited you know, for this because I think when stuff when DLC comes out, it's a, always a great reason or a good way to get you back into a game that you're struggling to find time for. So, uh, yeah, but I think it will fit, you know, the kind of game turn always really well. And, um, yeah, hopefully it's uh, enough to, to get me back onto it because yeah, I do really, really want to uh, try it again. Yeah, I think they, I'm pretty sure they've talked about DLC will come eventually. Um, it makes sense to have uh, all the views on on the uh, game awards to use that as a way to um, announce something um we'll see um yeah i'm hopeful hopeful that this new biome or whatever they add is something that's cool enough to get me to jump in but until they you know add some more gameplay stuff modifications i don't know if i'll be jumping in but i'll, I'll watch people play it because i cannot cannot actually play these games but we got that uh, some rumors on Returnal. So we got the next one here is Sony could be planning a PlayStation mobile controller. Patent suggests. Here's another patent. This is from uh, videogameschronicle.com. The patent, which was published this week by SIE's Japanese division, describes a system for playing games on a device coupled with two controller grips. The controller, which resembles PS4's DualShock 4 rather than PS5's newer DualSense, is described as a left side grip portion and a right side grip portion, grip by the left and the right hands of the, of the user. According to the patent, they included drawings of the device omit a shaft portion that can be tilted by the user and detect the tilting direction and tilting amount of the shaft portion so i guess motion um mechanics similar to the dual sense itself um but or the dual shock but um what do you think about this uh, controller i know there is an xbox one there's others that exist that allow you to put your phone in the middle this seems like a sony equivalent but what do you think about this yeah is it um is it playstation now you can play on your phone or yes there's like yeah there's something um so yeah i think it's a cool way to to promote that it's something i've always like really wanted to to try but um i don't think my internet currently is up up to the task but it's it's something that i'm really interested in is trying like streaming console games or steam games or whatever uh, using an actual controller so it'd be cool if um because anything like this you know uh shows that maybe they're, they're trying to make it as accessible as possible. So, um, yeah, I think it's a cool sort of avenue to, to go down and it just offers us more ways to, to play games in bed or on the toilet or something. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and the fact that it looks like a dual, uh, dual shock for, um, I'm such a nerd where it's like, even if I don't have any desire to play these games mobily, it's like, I would still buy this to test it out, to have it. It looks like a cool, could be a cool <clears throat> little thing to have. Um, I have tried on Xbox Series S, I have tried streaming games from my console to my phone. And there's a bunch of little add-on deals that let you snap your phone onto a controller. And it works pretty well. Like I play a little bit of Infinite like that. And it's fine. I wouldn't primarily play it that way. And I imagine the same for PlayStation Now where it's like, it's possible. But if you need that that one-for-one -one really precise gameplay, like a first-person shooter multiplayer... Not going to be how I primarily play that, but if I'm playing like a Ratchet and Clank, something that's a bit more forgiving, this could be really cool. And the fact that it looks like a DualShock looks even better. 
yeah well, it's a good it's a good option uh to have as well isn't it um it reminds me for some reason did you ever see that cartoon called cat dog yes yeah it, it reminds me of cat dog exactly. they, they could definitely make a cat dog like skin for it and i would definitely <laughs> buy that nice yeah cat dog <laughs> controller confirmed <laughs> Already come. That's all we got for the news of the week. Um, what do you think about what are you going to be playing this week or up to this week? Um, so I, I do want to finish um, Fable Anniversary. It's actually the first time I've played Anniversary. I've played the first Fable game. Uh, I think it's called like the Lost Chapters um, a few times before. So I've never played this this remake, um, and it's good because the first Fable game is really good. But the I'm not too keen on the um like reworked graphics that I, mm. I feel like the the first fable game was kind of cartoony and had like a, a proper style to it um and with this one they've tried it's kind of like semi-realistic and quite jarring and has like like you can see they've tried to have a really ultra realistic lighting in it but sometimes it just doesn't fit that doesn't go yeah. so um and it doesn't run too well either so i don't think it's one of the boosted um boosted games but yeah i do want to finish that because i, I want to play through all three of the fame games they caught my eye on on game pass um but yeah other than that i i don't know um maybe some more forza i'm playing some forza and things like that i need to finish mafia as well on the playstation um i think i'm just sort of in that honeymoon period for my xbox at the moment just need to yeah. um just get just get over that and then i'll probably be back on playstation but i i, I want to finish mafia because i was uh i was enjoying that yeah i'm in the same boat i've been that way for a couple weeks now where I, I haven't really been playing my ps5 at all i think far cry 6 was the last one and it's been all xbox with with Hor with forza with um infinite i'm just fully fully in that space right now but um it's just because there isn't a crazy like playstation game this holiday but i know what january february we start getting cool stuff seafood comes out february uh, maybe that returnal dlc is pretty soon so the next year does look really good and then we have eventually you got um uh, horizon coming out um god of war it's like it's going to be a dope year but there's just nothing this holiday um to touch on fable real quick so playground who made forza horizon that whole series they're next up working on fable and i'm really interested to see how that game's going to look because the open world tech in Forza is crazy beautiful. Um, the way it renders stuff super fast and just looks crazy awesome. Um, I wonder, and it's not one for one, but it's like having that engine with Fable could be really dope with open world. I imagine as long as they nail the story and make it still fun and that soul of Fable in there, I'm really excited to see what they end up showing. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Fable and yeah, I'm really excited to see uh, what, what uh, comes uh, you know, from from the playground games version as well. Um, something quite interesting uh, as well about Fable, which um, I, I loved when when I started my job. But um, the the art director at the Chinese Room is called John McCormack, and he's a really really lovely guy. And he uh, was the art director on all three Fable games, which hey. makes him kind of like a legendary, famous person to me. And yeah, I was pretty uh starstruck at first when i heard what he, he had worked on but um but yeah so that's that, that was really cool because i've always been a, a massive fan of fable uh even the third one which i know less people like but I, I i still really enjoyed it um and yeah that's one really nice thing about getting a series s is that you know these games you aren't on game pass on on pc and even if they were there'd be some problem probably with it where it wouldn't 
run unless I turn my firewall off or right. something stupid. So it's, it's it's been nice being able to like play these classic games um, for really really easily and you know and I know that a lot of them are FPS boosted and everything. So um, really excited just to be able to play all these old games um, really really easily through through Game Pass. Yeah, that's one thing Microsoft is nailing again the way they have supported all these old games and transferring them to work and not just like the bare bones it's the same uh, game that works on you know the series or the xbox one there's a lot of fps boosts you get and resolution boosts you get with a lot of these older games with that um terrible anniversary event you mentioned last week they announced 70 more um titles that are just gonna they're gonna be transferred over that work on current uh, hardware and i think that ends their 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 program of bringing the, the back catalog program uh, but they ended mm. at like 250 something games that they brought back to life. And it's just, they're nailing it with that, with uh, supporting those games and allowing people to, you know, play them and increasing their catalog for what's available too. Yeah. And and I, I saw how you can buy, you know, old Xbox or Xbox 360 games on the digital store as well, because nice. I'd completely forgotten that the Series S doesn't have a disc, <laughs> a disc drive as well. Um, yeah. So when I found out Max Payne 3, uh, wasn't on game pass i still need to buy it um i was worried that i'd have to have you know got the disc version but i have seen it's on the store and there's loads of all the other games they added to the backwards compat compatibility thing are all uh, on the store anyway um and not not you know not for expensive but um so yeah so it is i i am really enjoying game pass and and all the backwards compatibility stuff it's it's basically like an emulator um because you can just play all these old games um yeah. really really easily so yeah i'm enjoying it um i it's just you know i i think i work every day with microsoft like so i just i'm just very <laughs> irritated every time i use something by them that the errors and, and things so it's probably just my luck that i've been getting all these weird bugs and things well Cal, we just have to upgrade to windows 11 and all your problems will be fixed so yeah i know but don't worry about it. a new computer <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, we'll end it there for the week. Where can they find you online? Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Bear Monroe. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't think there's any anything else anywhere else to find me. I hope. Gotcha. <laughs> That's where you live. All right, come. Well, you can also yeah. find us on Twitter as well, at Pod. That's it for us this week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.